And welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Hey, Stacey, I understand that you've got your umbrella out and you've headed back home. You only go to North Carolina for the rains. Is that correct? That's pretty much it. As soon as the hurricanes start coming in and the rains start falling. Yes, I, I am home. The umbrella is out and we are watching the skies carefully. And my son is thrilled because all of his classes have been canceled at college today because of the impending storm this afternoon. So we'll, we'll see what we get. But I think they've downgraded it a bit. So I think I'm, I'm safe in the fact that we'll only get a, a, a lot of rain and, and not too much wind, which will be the most important part. So, yeah, I'm, I'm home you, this week. Are you thinking about buying a boat? <laughs> I must have to. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> I said a little bit up the hill. Are you going to have to row over there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the hope is that I can go downhill and yeah, not have to not have to pedal too hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't go do, boats don't go downhill unless you're in trouble. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, um, you know it has definitely been a, a year for the hurricanes. That every time you know we turn around, it's the biggest or the largest or the you know, strongest. Yeah, it's definitely uh, climate change is here in, in one way or another, depending on on which coast you're in. So, yeah. It all started with inauguration audiences. Once, yeah. you, once you're there, you get the biggest there, then everything else has to be. Everything. The biggest biggest, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, enough, enough on, politics. <laughs> exactly. On that on that note, um, you're home, right? You're in California. Uh, I am, I am home. I am home, I am writing, and I am getting ready to go to Singapore to do a workshop in Singapore next week. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting travel season for me. I'm going to Singapore next week. I'm going to Japan for a couple of weeks in December. Um looks like a trip to India, another trip to Singapore, and maybe a trip to Beijing in the first wow. half of next year. So 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 I'm going to get to know Asian cultures in a way that I haven't had a chance to before. Well, I I think the timing is pretty perfect. I mean, the the numbers are are good from an HR technology perspective. We're seeing lots of uh, investment in those areas, um, and I'm not surprised that they're they're interested in what you're talking about, which is artificial intelligence, because um, that's a space where I think they're they're trying to take a lead in some areas. So um, it'll be interesting to, to see what you come back with. You'll have to let us know how how the Asia Pacific market is thinking about um, AI and uh, HR technology combined. Yeah, so so um, let's talk about what's on your list. Yeah, it's a busy week this week. We've, we've uh, got a lot of stuff going on in the HR space here and abroad. Um, we LinkedIn had their users conference, and, and with it, um, they made some pretty big announcements. So we have LinkedIn building their own ATS, which... For those who may not be aware of this, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. So that's really Microsoft building its own ATS, Applicant Tracking System, um, and launching a new diversity insights. The same week, they also announced um, acquiring Glint, uh, an employee engagement tool. So there's a lot to talk about there. Um, there's a lot of focus on skill development. So I was at the Degreed event last week, and they announced um, a skill review um, tool that they are launching, as well as a skill quotient 
that they're recommending for sort of assessing a company's skill readiness. So we can talk a little bit about that. Um, and then um, we've got some insights on what's happening in sort of this idea of a talent marketplace. Um, lots of, of what were previously sort of internal data sets are being sort of leveraged for external talent marketplace uh, models we're talking about. So there's some conversations there about what Workday is doing with that, and they kind of build on from their launches. Um, HireVue um, is launching pre-built assessments, um, which I think is along the same line of assessing more of their talent market. Um, and then um, HR Consulting from Mercer bought a tiny little startup called METI, or METAL, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, in um, India. Um, and so there's some data there. It's a smaller organization, but definitely a, a foot into more of the technology space than Mercer has done in it for a little while. Um, and then ZipRecruiter got $156 million in investments, so um, not uh, seeing uh, any decrease in the amount of investments in the recruiting space. Um, and then if we get a little bit of time, there was some great insight on um, what's happening in the sort of HR technology space where we're seeing a lot of data-rich and insight-poor conversations taking place. And there was a, a nice article um, that was uh, written by the um, team at um, uh, the team, I think, over um, in one of the other technology areas. And I apologize, I'm not sure who wrote this, but it was a great conversation about the fact that HR technology is giving us a lot of technology and a lot of data, but not a lot of uh, insight. So, so if we get there, we can have a good conversation about that, because I think that's something me and you have been talking about for quite some time. So lots of stuff going on this week. So. Great. So let's dig in. I mean, the, the idea that Microsoft is, has decided to announce this week that they are full bore getting into the human capital management business um, is pretty interesting, right? Between yeah. LinkedIn's new ATS um, and LinkedIn adding diversity management features to its core platform and then the purchase of Glint, um, they're here. They're doing engagement. Yeah. They're doing recruiting. They're doing diversity. Um, you, you know they've got a strong trading arm, so it's just a question of deployment. Um, and and then, then we're just looking for them to unleash their um, core management platform. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they have some elements of that already with the Microsoft Dynamics 365 environment. I mean, they were at HR Tech this year as a, as a pretty major vendor, had a huge booth there. Um, and, you know, they have elements that are already in place that I think could be considered part of the core HRMS and what they're offering there um, with that. And so I think the, the big conversation here will be to see how they combine what they're doing at LinkedIn with the Microsoft sort of uh, Dynamics package. Um, which is there? I think, the, sort of... I think there might be another piece. I, I got a got a piece of email from Microsoft late last week about getting a free account on Microsoft Azure, which is hmm. the development platform for intelligence. And so, yep. so I, okay, I don't know anything about this. Let's see what it is. <laughs> and, and you can get a thirty day trial on Azure and. And you can get as bewildered as I was about all of the possibilities. But, but as long as they're delivering commodity-level intelligence to individual account holders, then the question of how you do the integration of your HR um, data 
um, starts to be really interesting, right? So, 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 so they may come along with something that looks like what everybody else has done for the last 30 years. But they also might just come along with something that looks like it enables you to integrate lots of small pieces. Yeah, like the, the new model that we're seeing, <clears throat> what we're calling sort of um, data as a service or data as an infrastructure, right, that we were talking about with uh, ADP and Workday the other day. And <clears throat> what's interesting, I think, on, you know, depending on how they approach it, they might approach it from both levels because I think they're, they're definitely having conversations in the Microsoft Dynamics space as well. Um, so there, there might be a, well, with small companies, we need this, and with larger companies, we need this approach, right? But the Azure thing, I think, is sort of interesting because, you know, is that going to be a competition, do you think, with sort of like Google Analytics? Is that what that, that's looking to be? I think, let, let's see, who have we got? We've got Google, we've got Amazon, we've got um, IBM, sort of. There, there are these big cloud companies that have to deliver um, intelligence-related applications so that um, um, people use their cloud tools, right? Yeah. That, and, and, so, and so the most interesting development in artificial intelligence is actually happening in these big cloud platforms because they need to compete for customers. And so the way they compete for customers is by making uh, AI usable and easy uh, and, and providing a suite of tools. So, so what I saw with Microsoft, if it isn't, I, I just haven't looked. If it isn't already available at Google, it will be. Um, it'll take IBM a while for them to get their brains around the idea that, that individual account holders are interesting. Um, uh, but Amazon will be doing it shortly if they're not already. Um, and so, so this is how the non-traditional providers of HR technology come into the market. That's yeah, what I exactly. think. Well, and, and at, a, at a personal and individual level, right? I mean, the, the LinkedIn model is definitely the more um, enticing model here. The, the question will be, how do you then you know, one of the things I saw in a couple of the, the chat areas, right, that we're talking about this new um, acquisition of Glint is, you know, Glint is an assessment tool and a mood assessment tool on some level. And, and sort of their their whole model is about gathering as much data as possible and analyzing it on sort of where people are at any point in time and their, their mood and their and engagement as well. And then so the question was, so does this mean Microsoft has individual data? on you that they can share with your company if your company purchases, it, right? More than just my stuff I put out on LinkedIn, but now also the stuff that it says about me, my personality, right? Which has already been out there for a little while in other ways, but this seems a little bit more of a direct connection. And so there's been a lot of conversation about data privacy and how does this work across sort of the individual personal consumer level to the corporate entity level as your employer, right? Yeah, it's interesting that you run into these sorts of complicated policy decisions when you aggregate functionality. Yeah. Right. That's the that's the the thing that people haven't really tuned into about privacy is that the game changes the more functionality you have in your operation. Right. So there's a 
there's, there's a very interesting argument that says if you create a world where people build their own systems, so you know, you know, in in my research, there are about 220 companies offering little individual slices of artificial intelligence, and you can imagine Workday or Oracle or SAP uh, buying some of those things and offering an integrated package, but the privacy risk goes up, and it might be just as easy for um, a company to navigate their own way through that by building their own system that integrates their own little bits and pieces. Um, and so, and so, I think I think that might be headed our way. Well, it it it's it's something I think you know the the legal minds and the you know government you know policy radio minds as well as sort of the um, ethical concerned sort of associations and businesses will have lots of of time to sort of work through and I'm sure find one or two uh, court cases to put through the the works on all of these once they start building up all these tool sets with all this uh, data in between it. So it's going to be interesting. You're listening to HR Examiner Radio. Looking for a new way to attract and engage top talent? Add student loan repayment to your benefits lineup. BenefitAd makes it easy to offer this in-demand benefit any time of year. Simple administration for you, simple sign-up for employees. With programs to help pay down student loans or save for college, BenefitEd helps meet the education goals of employees at any life stage. Compete for the best and build your dream team. Learn more at youbenefited.com slash hrtech. That's y-o-u-benefited.com slash hrtech. Now, on the, on the flip side of this is what's happening over on the, I'd say, the more corporate side of the technology environment, right? So, Degreed, although it has a consumer <coughs> component, which I think is really valuable and everything that we should be sort of understanding about how Degreed, which is a, a content provider, for, for lack of a term, um, as well as a sort of um, skills and uh, content sort of a connector uh, tool within um, from a, a training and development perspective. Um, and their platform has been sort of built with the idea of the end user in mind and, and directly going to the uh, end user as, a, as a, a person who has a series of skills and capabilities that they want to continue to improve outside of what the company might always want, right? Um, and so they've launched a new skill review, which is really a, a sort of a, a, a much smaller version of what was their very large and very long um, certification process. So their certification uh, tool is probably one of the deepest, most, I'd say, validated certification models um, that takes almost like a three-hour assessment that includes um, assessments for managers and other people who know you as well as yourself, the assessment, you know, the assessor being taken um, through the process. It's very extensive. And they realized that that was just not realistic, I think, for every organization and every individual, even if they wanted to get sort of certified in certain skills. And so they created the skill review, um, which is a a much quicker version of this, which allows someone to get sort of assessed both from their own personal perspective, but also from those around them who've seen them leverage the skills. So it's a way of sort of not just having someone tag you and say, oh, this person has this skill, but providing examples of how you have this skill. That's probably the best way to explain it. Um, And so more of a validated skill set model. 
um, and that they've launched. And it, it's interesting because they're, they're, they're starting to build this out as each individual will have their own skill set model that they can then sort of position as part of their um, hiring you know, uh, value when they're going through the process. And then the selection of value if you're going to be um, picked to do something else in the organization. So it's an interesting model around the value of an individual's capabilities, right? So um, I, I, find, I find this pretty interesting. I particularly enjoyed it when you said um, to greed is an example of corporate thinking because uh, really that hasn't been anything like close to truth throughout most of the, the company's life, right? And, and so this is, a, this is an interesting shift for them. Uh, but, but I wonder, this, this, this skills model that they have, were you close enough to the description of it to understand how you keep it up to date? Well, um, I didn't get, no, I, I won't say that I know. I mean, I know that a lot of this is, is something that um, gets tracked on certain timetables, um, but I didn't get a sense of how they're making sure that it's sort of update on a regular basis. No. Because what's happening is, is technology is moving so fast, and that's driving the evolution of skills. And it has a relatively unpredictable quality to it. So while you could eventually see the demand for data scientists, in its earliest days, you couldn't see it. Yeah. Right? It happened in a... Right? And so the question of, of how do you get the blip on the radar screen is critical. And how do you update, once you understand that there is a technology shift coming that's going to change the way you think about stuff, how do you get that done? And now it's starting to look like data science is being automated. Yeah. And so, so what looked like you're going to need a lot of data scientists may turn out to actually be you're going to need a lot of liberal arts majors because the data science part is automated, but the making sense out of it part isn't. So, so that that question um, yeah. would be in their sweet spot, but but that's a really, really it's a challenging question to try to answer. Well, it is because I think the the idea of sort of almost um, forecasting the skills that are going to be needed, right? And so, so I think that goes to the other part of what they sort of announced a little bit this week. So the the skills review was a big component of what they announced, and and it is a like I said, a, a, a reaction to the fact that the, the big certification was just too much, which certification was very valuable for individuals because it validated everything. And it was a, a great way to sort of ensure that, you know, the only those who have the capabilities and the behaviors were sort of in those groups. But it didn't make sense on a corporate level because it was just too cumbersome, probably, for everything except for the most, you know, deep required skill sets, right? And so they sort of found a midway group, I think, that met the needs of corporate and met the needs of the consumers. And I think that's a lot of what degree is going to be going through over the next couple of years is that balance. But I think to that point, the other thing that they're tackling is the analytics behind all of this. And I think that gets to what you're talking about. So they're launching a, a huge amount of different dashboards and tools where you can track not only sort of where you are, but where you want to be as an individual. And the same thing with businesses. But the other thing they released is this was a skills quotient, which they're sort of basically um, comparing to the net promoter model out in the market from a sales um, and service perspective, right? You know, net promoter has a series of very sophisticated sort of um, equations that you put together around 
whether or not people would ever sort of recommend your services or your business to someone else. And that score, based on their equations, gives you sort of a, a minus 30 or a plus 10 of whether or not people would um, use you again. Um, they're trying to put the skills push out there with an idea that they can aggregate the highest level of skill set that someone might get in a certain area, um, add some calculations to it, um, add some level of insight from what the person has, and give a skills quotient for every employee to some extent so that you can see then a skills quotient for a company to say you have a plus 10 or a negative 30 skills quotient for a particular department or division. So it's sort of a roll-up, right, of overall skills assessment. Not, you know, there's a lot of complexity in it. Not sure how well the sort of the details will work out, but I think the idea is really quite interesting, and I think it gets to what you're talking about—a way to assess skills at an ongoing level, so you're always uh, thinking about how you update them, not just individually, but at the aggregate level as well. Well, that's interesting. Um, there's, there's certainly a lot of work to be done here, and we're, we're headed into a time where where understanding what you have and what you're going to need may be the fundamental HR challenge. And so yeah. so it's nice to see that they're doing work there, but it doesn't sound like it's good enough. And I think they would probably say the same thing. I think they're they're very aware and and I think, you know, talking to Todd Tauber, who's their their um head of product marketing, you know, he says, Yeah, we're we're on a journey just like the rest of the market and um you know, I think the thing is, is that they believe they're thinking about it a little differently because they have the consumer in mind, right? Um, and I, when I talk about the consumer, I talk about the individual direct, right? Um, and so they feel they have a maybe a leg up in, in thinking about it. But, you know, we just talked about Microsoft and some others who are doing that as well. So uh, I think everybody's going to have to decide, you know, who is their client? Is it the individual or is it the corporation? And um, can you have both of them meet their needs in both areas? Um, that's that's probably the big question being asked right now, right? Well, isn't this the fundamental thing about um, Workday's vision for a frictionless talent marketplace? Yeah, I think so. I mean, exactly. I mean, it, it, it sounds it sounds like Workday has embraced the degreed idea and integrated it with um, internal mobility and recruiting. Yep, exactly. So their their workday human capital management uh, tool now is has a skills foundation, which we talked about last week when we were talking about the workday event, workday rising. But that skills foundation, which is a, a library of um, ontology based sort of skill sets that have been sort of created, um, that are being continuously updated through sort of the tools they have at Workday and, and people sort of continuously sort of saying, yes, this skills what I have and here's how I have it and here's what it includes, right, um, and what I need for this job. They're connecting that with the workforce mobility tools they now have created so that they can create a talent, an internal talent marketplace, right, which is which is basically like a, like a, a job board but for the internal market, right? Um, and then they're saying the next step will be to create an external talent marketplace, which won't that be basically what a, a job board is to some extent? Um, sort of, sort of. If they do it internally, then then they're, then it's the same thing. It's the talent quotient thing that Degreed is doing, but applied, you know, here I am in product management and I want to go to work in marketing and you measure the gap between 
where I am and what I do. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the internal mobility piece. Um, and then once you have that done, what they're saying is that is that unlike degreed, I think what Workday is saying is that every company has its own ontology. Yeah. No, it's worth it's worth commenting that 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 this this part of their business I don't understand exactly how it works, but this part of the business is powered by IBM, um, and. And the language about the difference between taxonomy, which is what which is what IBM calls their stuff, and ontology, which yeah. is what Google calls their stuff. This is how market this is how marketing works in our space. <laughs> Google was the only company talking about having an ontology six months ago. Yes. <laughs> right. And ontology ontology it, you, it's still impossible to understand what they're talking about, but ontology is different than taxonomy, and so there's a bandwagon there. Um, uh, <laughs> anyhow, yeah. the core concept it, it's for there work day. Yes. So, but I, I think the, the interesting thing here is the extending the talent marketplace to the external market, right? To me, that that's very different from what we've seen from any of the other um, uh well, I, I shouldn't say it very different. I should say that it, that, it, that it's only like we're seeing ADP do that a little bit with their gig, their pickup of their gig gig um, tool set that they're doing now, right, in their marketplace. But the idea that you were going to take your data from inside the company and possibly mix it with data externally from a recruiting perspective, you know, without using sort of a, a third party component like a job board or something, right, that feeds into it. That that'll be interesting to see how they manage. Oh yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, it's not clear to me that they understand how that marketplace mechanism works. What what I think they're saying is that you, you know my, my classic example of this is the is a program manager at a soup company is often the person who counts the brooms in the closet. A program manager at Boeing is one of three people who runs the company. Yeah. Um, Right, and so you have that, you have that enunciation of the same title um, in two different settings. And if you do traditional keyword matching, you get people who are good at counting brooms in the sort where the next um, um, uh, high god of Boeing, and and that doesn't make any sense. The way that people name their jobs and the way that people construct their jobs are unique to each company. Most of what you see happening in AI is this notion that the only way you can get to a large enough sample of data is by blending with other people. And this yep. says, this says, no, no, what's important is the way that you see it. You have a yeah. unique construct of jobs. And so when we build this, first we're going to build it internally so that we understand what the unique construct of jobs is. And then we have a really different kind of job description to go to the market with. But first, we have to perfect it internally. And that's brilliant. I, I can't disagree with you on this one, John. I, I actually think, you know, I think you've explained this probably better than, than most would explain it, this idea of the, the internal look at the skill sets and what that means for each company individually, right? It, it's very similar to, if anybody did competency management work back in the day, the binders and binders, that was the start of it, right? That Those taxonomies, and to your point, they're not the same thing. The ontologies are are 
the next level of that, correct? If that's sort of the explanation that you're going Yeah, yeah it's, sort of, it's sort of a multidimensional taxonomy that's fed yeah. by real-time data. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the idea that they're going to have inside a corporation sort of view that, I think I guess the part that I'm a little bit confused about is how much of this gets aggregated into an aggregate view across the workday client space, right? Um, and where do you start with that? And how does that? Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to know the answer. I'd love to know the answer to that question because, yeah. to the extent that this is a, a celebration of the unique DNA of an employer, uh-huh. it is exactly the opposite of what everybody else is doing, and therefore really smart. Um, um, and 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 so and so, my hope is that is that this is. <clears throat> This is the first time in 25 years since there have been online job descriptions that somebody has said, you don't do job descriptions outside and then move that functionality inside to do internal mobility. You start with internal mobility to figure out what the jobs are and then you go to the market. Well, that's what it sounds like based on the discussion here. So so I think we'll we'll have an opportunity to see does does Workday come out with that. do you have enough capability inside your organization to maintain that that way, right? Because does that take a lot of the workload off of the recruiter then? Job description, you know, management. Um, I bet I bet it doesn't. I bet instead what it does is it makes the requirements much clearer. So so it gives um, the recruiting team better targets to hit. Right? Because because with job descriptions today, it's mud, right? It's yeah. just because nobody likes to do that. But hiring managers and recruiters are terrible at understanding the core competencies and things that you would find in a taxonomy. Uh, so they don't really get addressed in job descriptions. And that's, a, that's a, a large part of the problem in recruiting quality. Um, so this, this could be a very interesting solution to the recruiting quality problem. Well, we we have uh, gone through our full half hour today, and we haven't even gotten to the assessment piece of this conversation. There are assessments that are, you'll fit into this, which is then assessing the other. So once someone says, this is what I want, then you have to think a little bit about who you're assessing and how you figure out whether that person has that, not just skills, but capabilities to deploy those skills, right, um, within the organization. Yep, this is, this is what, this is, a central conversation for the next couple of years. This is where the investment is really being made in HR technology right now, understanding the people who you have and the people you want. Yeah, exactly. So maybe next week, if we have time, we'll get into a higher view launching their AI-driven pre-built assessments, um, a pickup of Mercer of another assessment tool. Um, and if we get into a little bit more time, we can talk a little bit about uh, uh, what's happening in the, you know, the fact that people have all this data, are they using it to make good decisions? I think that the best decision you can make, the best way you can use this to make good decisions is to make sure you are leveraging these skills that you have inside your company and then making sure you hire the right people. So I think that's the big question of the day, right? <laughs> yep. Great conversation, Stacey. Um, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for doing this, Stacey. It's, it's, always, a, it's always a fun time. Thanks for yep. listening, everybody. And we will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.